Welcome, Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 1. Yes, people, we have made it to Season 3. 64 up, 64 down. Time for the next 32. Give ourselves a quick... We don't want that quite yet, but this is what we really want. Thanks to... Our sponsors, thanks to the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme music. Thank the people at Rode and Zoom for providing quality tools at quality prices for content creators around the world on a shoestring budget. All that stuff, Overcast Day and Boomcalc Studios. This is take two, actually, because I recorded this segment earlier. But because of the exuberance of the morning and maybe too many adult beverages last night, we didn't push the slider up so that we're doing this all over again. So that said, a lot coming in this season because we have NFL, college, NBA. It's going to be a fantastic fall. Looking forward to bringing you high-fidelity content as we have been. Tell your friends to tune in if you want to come in on the show or be a guest on the scene, ftinfx at gmail.com. We'll hook something up here sooner than later. All right, folks, let's get rocking. The COVID Chronicles. Well, another week in COVID land. And yes, it still paints a very grim picture in terms of our ability to sort of move past this and get to a point of normalcy. I have some very somber news to start off with. MMA, MMA pioneer and coach Saul Solis passed away from COVID-19 complications at 55 at the beginning of the month or shortly after that. But just the news just came out about that. Why well, just bring this up? You know, our condolences go out to his family, all the fighters that he mentored and trained, and you know, all the folks down there in Texas. So that was definitely a legend. But why I bring it up is that, yeah, we're not out of the woods with this. You know, we always can say in joking fashion about being on the cream and the clear and the HGH. But it's true. This thing is just got bionic strength and it's taken people out. Vaccinated people, you know, some people get it and they're asymptomatic and display no symptoms. You know, it's a very tricky virus, very dangerous, and we're still in the throes of it. Um, in fact, Kristen Pulisic, Captain America of the defending UEFA Champions League, Chelsea, he just tested positive. The USA has a big World Cup qualifier in 13 days. However, in his particular case, he's not displaying any symptoms. He's asymptomatic. Something tells me he'll be back on the pitch, especially I think the United States men's national team probably has access to the good drugs or one would, would hope. Maybe not, depending on your sentiment. For the USA's qualifier, but I'd probably miss the next fi two fixtures for Chelsea. Of course, we do have the international break coming up, too, now thinking about it. Okay, so this doesn't really come as a surprise. There'll be no fans allowed at the upcoming Paralympics in Japan, as there were at the, at, at the, at the regular games. No surprise there. I think it was a bigger surprise is the Chinese Grand Prix would be held later in the fall 
has been canceled among fears of this recent COVID-19 outbreak. I mean, I guess they're worried about people lining up along the route. I would say no fans for that and have the drivers, but I guess they're just being overly cautious. But yeah, no F1 stop there in Japan. Okay. I thought it was kind of interesting that the Saints sort of threw down the gauntlet and basically came out and said they will not any money to any season ticket holders who ref- you know, refuse to get the vaccine or refuse to even get tested. Especially about the not getting vaccine, just like saying, not only can you not come to the crib, but you ain't getting your money back. Interesting. I'm sure there's a, little, a nice little court battle or two that'll stem from that. I see that in the world of tennis that we don't give enough love to. Number three, Mr. Stephanos T, as I like to call him, he says he will not get vaxxed unless he's mandated to do so. Hmm. Once again, it's not our place to make these judgments about whether or not to, but just think about, and you know, it's an individual sport, but you could knock out half the competition. By just by chance, you know. So, I, some may people say it's a it's a it's a cho- that he has the freedom to make that choice. Others can say it's pretty selfish, if not downright reckless. You know, one of the things I thought, you know, I've been watching games. You know, starting with this past weekend and beyond that. Um, and I know it depends from state to state, but we know that Delta is running rampant. The lack of mask at these venues that I'm seeing. You know, I'm seeing a lot of unmasked people are wearing it below the chin and chit-chatting. We're talking a lot of people in, you know, a confined spaces. It's kind of disturbing if you ask me. Okay, let's talk about something positive. How about the Falcons becoming the first team to reach 100% vaccinated status? On the one hand... It's worth an applause. Other hand, we're thinking that we've had you know the vaccines been rolled out and that people have had access. So if we've had you know eight nine months to get this all together, and we only have one team that's actually a hundred percent vaccinated. I know the Raiders are in the nineties, a couple other teams as well. But I don't know. Is it a commentary on <laughs> once again you know our society? And how people feel about getting this vaccine or not or not getting it, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting too because this whole thing with vaccine passports. I just saw the other day, you know, Live Nation, you know, that owns a lot of the venues along with AX. I mean, with a, a what is it? <coughs> My brain's so scrambled. But you know, they own AXS. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, Anholz group, right? You know, they own all the venues. It's either them or Live Nation. Anyway, Live Nation is going to require a vast vaccine passport or some proof of a recent test if you want to go to any of their venues starting October 4th. So it's, you know, really, you know, it's starting to turn down, come out that way. And you've got some places like in L.A. County imposed a mass mandate. And I guess the Dodgers are going to be the first team as far as L.A. County is concerned, to require all of their fans to wear face coverings starting with their next home series. I think LAFCs are going to follow. They're on the road right now, but I suspect when they come back to Bank of California Stadium, 
it'll be the same situation where the fans, even outdoors, will have to wear a mask. The Raiders are going to require a vaccine passport and proof of uh, or proof of a, re- of a recent negative test for admittance at the Death Star. Yeah, we'll see how that works with that crowd, you know, given it is the Raiders. And well, then again, those people who haven't had to, you know, knock off convenience stores or 7-Elevens or something else wacky to be able to afford to get into the joint and hang out at the club. Yeah, so um, basically what's interesting about the Raiders is they will have a vaccination clinic set up at the game so you can get hooked up there, you know, over the course of maybe a couple of stands, get, get taken care of there. I think that's pretty in, innovative, wise. You know, more teams should be thinking along those terms of people who might be on the fence and haven't gotten there and need to see their team. I know that we've got this big tournament, you know, which is great. Suck a showcase for the women's game, so the prof- you know, the club on the club level, the the ICC which is the women's ICC, actually. It's been up at Providence Park. And anyhow, the, the Timbers and the Thorns both are going to require vaccine passports to attend Timbers and Thorns games. So it's coming, people. We knew it would. I know one of my guests at one point said that we moved to Nazi Germany. Well, I wouldn't call it that. But yes, we are moving in that direction as far as happens that in order to see your team, to see your groove, you're going to need a vaccine passport. Simple as that. Okay, folks, that's enough on COVID land. We're going to take a short break and we'll get ready and gas up the uh, Goldstream 550 and take a high view above campus. Welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 1, Number 65 overall. Take 2, as we recorded this segment just now, with the mute button on. Yeah, I'm sure that picture on my Facebook post sums it up as far as my joy about it. Nonetheless, we still have our tasty monster beverage since it is 9.25 in the morning. Two overcast for our hip sunglasses, our fixed gear bikes in tow. We got our cool music, Amazon Plus, right? Got our shopping list, got our little tablet that takes our notes, that converts our handwriting to text that doesn't really work. All that cool stuff as we hop aboard our Gulfstream 5 5 view above campus. Okay. You know, I talked with Alec last week, and I also talked to my podcast. I have been, since the beginning, about this whole NIL thing. And I'll start off this week by somebody who had a brief time in college, but it didn't quite work out because him and his homies decided to get the five-finger discount when they were over in China. But that, yeah, that guy, Mr. LaMelo Ball. In his comments about school, and to me, why why it encapsulates the NIL thing being a mockery. 
when his quote was, what is it? Let me see if I can get this right here. We not dumb. We know how to learn. We don't need school, especially if school ain't teaching you shit. What the F is school? Now, I sit there and think about the guys in the one and done category, which mostly applies to basketball, and who knows what may happen in football. The courts will allow it. But then again, when you've got folks making deals already, what part of this school does it matter? And this is not a knock on student athletes, as we all know. There are plenty of them who work hard, excel in the classroom. Just take a look at local boy, Justin Herbert. What was it? I got 4.06 biology. So, no, I'm not. But I know there are other people who know that they're going to play on Sundays or play in the NBA or some other professional sport where they're going to get compensated nicely. And so now I can sit back and get fed on some NIL money, still not give a crap about water to keep eligible so I can play and get paid. As I've said all along, if you're a regular student, how the hell are you standing for this? I know if I was still in the academic loop, I'd be kicking up all kinds of cane. And maybe that's why I'm not in the academic loop anymore because I saw this coming and there's no way I could stomach it. That's probably why I didn't make my documentary on this. Why well, I probably would have gotten a contract put on me if I had done that. Okay, more about that in a minute. What do you think about March Madness? Now, it no longer just applies to the men's tournament. Well, gee, I just thought all the tournaments... All college basketball was March Madness, whether it was Division Two, Division Three. I didn't know that we have to like make the men and women's t- tournament together now all be referred as March Madness. Stop overthinking this shit, people. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, seriously. I mean, maybe I'm just dumb or something like that, you know. But I never really made the you know the distinction. Sure, there was the women's Final Four, the women's tournament. I always figured that was March Madness, just like the NIT is March Madness. What is that silly tournament that you pay to get into? You know, pretty much, yeah. The, you know, Oregon's been in it, and Northridge has been in it. Oh, I can't even think of the name of it. It doesn't really matter. I actually went to it, like, right in the beginning when uh, Matthew Knight Arena first opened up here. But all that's March Madness, isn't it? Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, make the, make the meters jump. Allergies, not what y'all think. Um, preseason AP is out this this week, and to nobody's surprise, I guess Bama's won. I am kind of surprised that uh, the Sooners are two, Clemson's three. Of course, there are quite a few pieces that came out this week, so or since we last talked, where people are making the argument that it's not a lock for Alabama or Clemson to end up in the national final or even winning it, which I thought was kind of interesting. And let's face it, if you are one of the elite Power 5 schools, I think you always have a chance to win. There's injuries and just getting hot at the right time. Although, you know, with Alabama, 
And, you know, it's kind of interesting because Saban talked to the press this week, and I thought he had some interesting things to say. He'll go over a few of these points. One, he said that he's the team's 90% vaccinated. No shock there. Of course, you're going to buy into the team concept when a third of your previous season, a third of the roster, or I would say a third of the roster, a third of the draft, first round. You get drafted in the first round. If you follow this show, then you know you get paid in the first round because that's just, you know, people really grasp that, right? So, of course, you're going to buy into the whole vaccination thing. And why not? I'm sure Saban, that's not even a hard thing for Saban to, to, to sell, like some of these coaches apparently are having to do. So that's one thing. Um, but as far as NIL goes, he says it's still about what you do on the floor or field. Players can't let the pursuit of monetary gain be a distraction, i.e., you know, bust, bust your ass off in practice as opposed to, you know, thinking about what stupid thing you're going to do in a TikTok video to get more viewers. Makes sense. You know, I, I, I don't think that's... A, I, I thought that was a very sane view from somebody in his position. You know, obviously, the idea of compensating these guys allows him to continue to get, you know, elite talent. So, of course, he's down with it. But, I, I you know, and... I also like that, you know, he has some reservations, you know, chief among those would be, you know, that the equality thing, not just gender, but just that certain people are going to get paid a lot more. As we told you before, but the quarterback, has he taken a snap yet? It's basically got a million dollars in NIL deals. Um, you know, he, Nick has some concerns about that being a locker room issue. I thought that was cool that he kind of came out and identified that. I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to think that, although a lot of people who are happy that these kids are getting access to this don't even want to think about that. And it hasn't come to, to bear yet. So let's just see in the seasons to come, you know, what kind of dynamic this creates. I'm kind of curious, especially, you know, before I go to that, you know, I want my next point. I also say that Nick also sees problems with this expansion and realignment. You know, he's not sure what that means as far as the structure of college football as we know it. I thought it was very, you know, refreshing to hear him say he has no use for the body bag games and thinks there's, that they need to find a way since they're going to be making so much damn money to subsidize these schools so they can remain in the business. I think that's great. I mean, yeah, you won't see App, App State anymore, but what's the point, especially if we're moving to a more NFL-style schedule where elite teams play elite teams on a, on a regular basis. And yeah, if that generates the kind of money we think it, should, it can and will, yeah, why not, you know, carve out a piece so these schools can remain competitive? I mean, it's a win-win thing. Yeah, okay, it's socialism, but that's the only way, the only uh, chance these schools have, have if we move away from the current model. And once we get into 
this confederation of super conferences or mega conference. <laughs> okay, I'll stop being silly. You know, and, you know, and kind of back to what I was saying a little while ago about the locker room and, you know, equity and equality. According to Sports Illustrated's Ross, that's Dellinger, he said that in July, men made up 90% of the NIL deals that were, that were struck. And this is 80% for college football. Now, we know that college football is coming, but I think this is very disturbing right off the bat, where you kind of see where these deals are going. Yeah, and what kind of nightmare that's going to cause from a Title IX perspective. You know, like I said, once again, if you're if, if you're cute, hot, you know, whatever you want to say, like those girls from Fresno State, but what, that's way more on their TikTok videos than what they do on the court. You're going to have a you know, situation, but I think in general, the boosters are like saying, yeah, let me mark my NL or NFT deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Thibodeau in Oregon told you how he already has a deal with Phil, which is already to me kind of kind of disturbing. He's got one with United now because United wants to make you know a promotion as far as getting people in and out of uh, Eugene Airport for these big home games. You know, trying to make that kind of an event. I mean, so as I've said plenty of times, I ain't against any of these folks making a lot of money. You know. I'm not, you know, if that's how it's going to be. But I don't like the principle. I, you know, I'm with a lot of people who feel the education you get, even though these schools are making lots of money, there's other perks, you know, if you know what's up, you know, there's other perks involved there. And while it's not a, it's not a slave system like all of these woke people are always screaming and yelling about, no, it's not. It's a pretty good trade-off. Especially if you take advantage of it, uh, and, you know. And okay, that may be antiquated, and that's where we're going this route. But that said, you know, I'm not a big fan. And you know what? What is that? ESPN article comes out basically saying that centered on the players and their social media that following the numbers that they have. And to me, it sums up where this is going. Right. Obviously, if you are extremely light, you're going to have lots of followers. If you've got some kind of gimmick, you're going to have lots of followers. Those are the folks who are going to get paid. Everybody else is going to get left behind. Uh, let's see, what else is going on? Oh, what about Scott Frost at Nebraska? In trouble once again. You know, he's been 12 and 20 in his three seasons there after that great run at UCF. And, you know, what was he, what were the, what were the Huskers accused of doing? Unauthorized consultants and analysts holding unapproved workouts during the COVID 19 restrictions. I mean, what's up, dude? I mean, you know, Shady's fine, but as I always say, you can't be 12 and 20 and be engaged in shady things. Right, you're supposed to be kicking ass when you <laughs> when you get in trouble for that stuff. I mean, the toothless NCAA. I mean, what you're really gonna like put them on probation? Yeah, you what you take a couple of visits and scholarships, and it's a done deal. Probably, yeah. Okay, do we have anything else? 
Nah, I think that kind of covers it. This is a, a nice chunky soup segment. We'll come back on the other side with something a little bit lighter. Welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 1, Dancing, Dancing in the Streets. Grateful host, Kid Harlan here. Whew, man, I was never going to have to get through that last segment. I mean, it was like take two, and I felt like that last one was a ramble, so that was bad. I apologize, folks. Season 3 getting off to a little bit of a stumble here. But then again, it was a late, what was it, a late night? It was a long afternoon into evening at the Tafford. So there's things a little bit foggy. Been a while since I had pounded some Guinness Stouts. You know, I'm usually drinking ciders as far as adult beverages goes. But I, I, I stepped up to, you know, my usual. And it's definitely caught up with me. All right. So it's that time. I know too much information, right? Time for something you should probably know or just a window and the things you might want to know about as far as the world of sports is concerned. Well, 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 Miss Osaka, Naomi, 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 walked out of a press conference after dealing with, I guess has been described as a bully reporter. Yeah, I know. I have to think about this one because we've talked about this previously. And there's a fine line, we've all said, you know, when it comes to mental illness, you know, do what you have to do to make sure you're able to compete. Uh, we don't poo-poo the pressure these people are, are under, the same pressure that people have always been under, but now with way more scrutiny, I mean, come on, can you imagine, you know, back in the day had there been social media? Of course, probably wouldn't have had as many shenanigans. I don't know. But I do know this. I wonder about her and her sensitivity, but at the same time, if people, because she doesn't want to go to press conferences, are treating her in a hostile fashion. I didn't see it. If you did, let me know when they exchange what caused her to walk out. I mean, if you're being an ass, then I have a problem. If you're being hypersensitive, then go be a coach. Go do something that doesn't cause you as much stress. Um, you want to run with the big dogs, this is what comes with it. But I will say this, if you're being a bully and you're being, you've got some kind of ax to grind, then she's definitely within her prerogative to give you the middle finger and say FYMF. Yeah? Speaking of tennis, unfortunately for us here in the States, you know, obviously the last major of the year is coming up, the U.S. Open in New York. And we're going to have no Nadal this year. His foot's all messed up, and that means he pulls out. We'll see how many other people, you know, with COVID and all the other weird stuff. You know, definitely we're heading into what is going to be a very odd fall. Now, I don't know whether this is a reason to rejoice, have no opinion about, or be sad. 
Probably let me said in most people's cases, at least the people I know. Apparently, Max Kellerman is thinking about leaving first take and going on to other areas at ESPN, which would leave Stephen A. probably as a single host with a bevy of Mau Mau's talking trash all day. Or Momo's. Don't want to get accused of being a racist <laughs> by saying the wrong word. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking to you football proper fans. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, let's put it this way. It won't bother me one bit. Uh, usually I can't watch that show for more than 10 or 15 minutes, whether it's Max or Molly, when they start getting on the woke train. And I, you know... You know, disclaimer, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much apolitical, right? I'm not into the right or left. You know, I roll with my own program. So, you know, so I can't take either one, you know, whether it's a Will Kane trying to get his point of view or people like Max and Molly and sometimes Joy Taylor who feel the need to sort of like, you know, educate us and especially try to tell us, hey, you need to be deeper as a sports fan. Do I? No, I don't really think so. Anyways, I want to get into that tangent there, but yeah, it's uh, Max goes. Yeah, I might, have, I might, I, I might drink a cider and smile, but if he stays, that won't bother me either. I just, t I tend to tune away from that stuff. Okay. Pacquiao's fighting this weekend. One, can we believe this guy still fighting? There may be some people out there that are going to pay for it. And apparently, he's got two or three other people he wants to fight beyond this. What is the guy, like 6,000 years old? Yeah, boxing, and not to say this is anything new as far as people hanging around way after the after somebody should have, you know, pulled the curtain and, you know, how they did the cartoons with the long, with the long cane, and, you know, yank you off stage. That's how I kind of feel when I see some of these guys at this point. But it's always been that way. You know, I forgot about racing last week, so I forgot to tell you that Kyle Larson won at the Glen road course, back-to-back -back on the road courses. A.J. Allmendinger wins the Brickyard 200 at the road course at Indianapolis. Will Power wins the Indy race on that Indy road course. So a lot going on there on the domestic front. We've got the FedEx playoffs beginning tomorrow. So who you got? You got Mr. Rom. He's back from his COVID nightmares. Feeling good. The Silent Assassin, Mr. Spieth. The Bryson and Brooks show. Does DJ, after a disappointing year, return to form? You got, do you look at the field? Guys like the rising Colin Morikawa. Couple of other studs out there. Louis Oseman had a great year of golf. I'm going to go with the field here, though, as far as, you know, the way this year has gone, I have a feeling when it comes to the FedEx playoff. I mean, I've been wrong on every major, so why not just take the field and see what happens as far as the FedEx playoffs go? We'll be keeping you abreast what's going on with that every week. Okay. Um, let's see here. We'll close this segment off with this one. How about props to Polish civil medalist Maria Andrzej? 
Javelin. She auctioned her medal off so an infant could get heart surgery. What a great story that is, man, you know? I mean, obviously, I mean, you, that that you could auction your medal off and have some value at this point, you know, because it just happened. But, you know, obviously, I'm sure people heard, got the, or, you know, heard the story and people who have, you know, the resources to participate in that. But I just think overall, it's a good thing. And we need to hear more about that as far as what our athletes do, as far as paying it back, you know. You didn't mean to hit the sad trombone. This is supposed to be a straight up applause. Nothing sad about that. That's actually, you know, one more. Come on now. But yeah, no, I think that completely rocks. See, we have anything else going on as far as something you should probably know? Um, no, probably not. Other than, you know, I think that's been pretty cool as far as having the uh, Women's International um, Cup Championship up here in Oregon, and uh, fans being able to get a taste of the ladies' game as far as having Lyon and Barcelona. So it's been good times as far as that goes. And a good week for that. All right, we'll be back with the NBA beat on the other side. Getting our groovy groove on. 9.53 and a.m. On a Friday. Big weekend coming up. A lot of NFL preseason football to watch. A lot of beautiful game life going on. Oh, yeah. And our buddy Hannah Storm holding the four down. Talking some Ryan Clark action. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go to the NBA beat. What's going on? In the NBA, now that we're really deep in what we call the offseason. NBA always trying to stay in the news, though. Quite a few bullet points this week. We had to do a little picking. For example, we find out that Jay-Z, yes, that Jay-Z, who gets to hang out with Queen Bee all day, or when he feels like it, however that works, don't want the hype coming after me, and uh, 76ers owner Michael Rubin are part of a group trying to obtain a license for online sports betting in New York. Why is this relevant to... I think it's really interesting that we've moved from a point where gambling was so taboo. I mean, remember, well, you probably wouldn't because you aren't old enough to remember. And if you are, remember how Willie, to say, hey... And Nikki, the kid, had to, like, disassociate themselves from the game of baseball because they didn't want to give up the cushy jobs they had working in Atlantic City and getting paid like that. Now, we've moved so far from that, you know, to where, you know, you can get into a partnership. I told you last week about the Cardinals wanting to have a sports book at State Farm Stadium. And now these guys, well, I mean... Don't get me wrong. I want to see it in every state. You know, the corruption 
and lunacy that's been holding that back for years is just beyond me. It's probably a good thing for our pocketbooks, but there's so much, you know, if you can get it, if porn can be two clicks away, I can bet myself in bankruptcy by having access to, you know, Las Vegas sportsbook-style gaming. Should be a lie. I mean, come on. It's 2020, people. Okay. The bombshell of the week. Katie and Draymond Green blaming Kerr and the general, the general manager, Bob Myers, for the breakup of the Warriors. You know, and I thought at first, I kind of read it, just kind of saw the, the, you know, the go across the ticker, saw that. God, wow. I mean, you know, some of the bad blood. Then I drilled down into the details, and it's just like, because they're, they're looking at the way they reacted, you know, after, you know, Draymond made the B comment. You know, and typical of today's star athletes, nah, man, I'm not going to own up that, you know, I was the bad actor. I'm going to blame it on, you know, I'm going to blame it on the man. The man didn't handle it right. Um, yeah, and then they were making it, yeah, it, it became a last dance after we realized, yeah, we're cool, we're just going to go win this and go in our separate ways. I mean, talk about some self-serving bull jive. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's, with both of them, I'm not surprised. And I look at the hummingbirds who are saying, dude, will you fill, will you fill the feeder? They're all just buzzing around the window. Just all pissed at me. Here's a podcast, birds. <laughs> but yeah, Dray Draymond and Katie. I am not, you know, surprised at this all. I mean, when it comes to diva or prima donnas. But yeah, pushing it off on somebody else when those two, I'm sure they got over it. I mean, yeah, I just think it's interesting you know, all of a sudden, you know, you go out and have a few hens or something like that, or right, or whatever be adult beverage you partake in, <laughs> partake in, and all of a sudden get the script in your own version of, of of how things went down. Anyway, um, I like you know I'm with Stephen A. Smith on that one, right? In, in terms of his criticisms of both of them speaking out now, I. That, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence as far as Stephen A's take with LeBron's resistance to the play-in tournament. You know, we've talked about this long before it was an issue. You know that. We've always brought this up. And I'm in the camp that LeBron should be pushing back. I get the league, you know, I like it. But in terms of if I was a player and I had some clout, sure I would push back. I think the league has gotten its way a little too much in, in recent years, especially making them go back to play earlier than they should have. But I think he's in his right to, like, protest that. Of course, take take lesser minutes and don't get hurt, and you won't have to worry about being in it ever again, Mr. LeBron. But that said, it's great drama watching the Lakers and the Warriors. KD, AA, Chef Curry. Come on, man. I mean, but I don't think LeBron's out of line. Okay. We had some trades. 
The Clips traded playoff Rondo and Pat Bev for Eric Bledsoe. And then Memphis turns around and trades Pat Bev to the Wolves. And at some point, might even just get, you know, released outright. Kind of a real fall from grace from... <laughs> as far as this run with the recent Clippers go. Yeah. You know, kind of how he was kind of a... Um, as we like to say, a P A B in the playoffs and many occasions as he has been over time. But yeah, to see him get traded twice in one week leaves me almost kind of speechless. Wow. All kinds of alerts are going off. Okay. So in the money, money, money department, Mr. Embiid inks a four-year extension, $196 million. Hey, man, why do you just, like, quibble for another $4 million and make it 200 mil so you could just be a $200 million man? Um, Mr. Smart re-ups with Boston, five years, $90 million. Nice extension. Okay, what I don't get, and maybe this is why Michael Jordan's a great basketball player but not a great executive. How is Terry Rozier getting a four-year, $97 million extension? Am I missing something here? I mean, he's knocked out a couple of big shots. Not that many big shots, mind you. Not even close to that. Couldn't even dream of it. A decent defender, but four-year, $97 million? Just got all kinds of money. All you people that won the genetic lottery? Gee whiz. Okay. You know, I was talking about LaMelo Ball earlier. With his college comments. He's on a roll this week. Maybe, I guess, he's been out smoking blunts with his daddy or something like that. Because, what did he say? He's something rare. Speaking of being playing for Jordan, I mean, okay. Well, let's see it. If you, yo, man, if you something rare, okay? I mean, what I saw this year is kind of promising. But, yo, man, I'm something rare. You act like you're going to be a game changer. Hmm. As far as Christmas Day games go, the big deal, not as, a, as an attractive as a menu as I would like, but we do get the Lakers and the Nets, and I'm assuming that'll be, you know, that that mid after that that late, that later afternoon, so everybody's watching because obviously nobody cares about the primetime game that they have for the West Coasters. But yeah, the, the Lakers and the Nets. Hopefully, both teams will be at full strength. It'll be a good showcase for the league. What do you think about Rashid? Yeah, that Rashid, Mr. Wallace. Going to become an assistant to Penny at the University of Memphis. I never could see that guy being a, a coach, but now that he's going that route, hopefully, you know, that it parlays that he gets an opportunity depending on how what, what kind of influence he has there. But I think it would be interesting to see someone like Rashid as a head coach. I'm sure players would be able to get into him for some reason. Okay, we were talking about the NFL rankings recently as far as Madden goes. Well, NBA 
2K22 are out. And of course, LeBron, big surprise, not happy about his rating. Trey not happy. What's LeBron saying? Y'all, man, when you all going to get it right? Oh, I just, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago, how much money this guy has made in his career. And you're sitting here worrying about a video game rating? And yeah, I'm supposed to take you seriously when you when, when you talk about social justice issues? I love you, man. It's your purple and gold. I can't flail on you like I used to. Believe me, if this was in your Cleveland or Miami days, I'd be, you know, knocking this out of the ballpark right now. But because I roll with you, you know, I'm just going to point it out. What do you think about Jackie Matt calling a career at the mouse? You know, I'll say this, speaking of being a Laker fan, as you all know that I am, got a cap on right now even, as you probably see it in the Facebook picture. Um, as somebody who's on the Boston beat, I've always found her, you know, it's obvious she's got her, you know, Boston, you know, roots and all that kind of stuff, but she's always been fair. I mean, not like a Bob Ryan, you know, for example, who gets really cantankerous when it comes to the, the Celtics and some of the other Boston teams. She's always been pretty fair and balanced as far as the way she's covered the league in relation to some Boston. So, you know, props to her. She's always, I always, she didn't get on my nerves. Like her, Ramona Shelburne, you know, some of the strong female voices in the game, knowledgeable. I don't want to go stereotypical. I mean, if you're, or respected by your peers, you're obviously knowledgeable. Anyways, best of luck to her, whatever she decides to do next. Okay, folks, I met in the offseason, we managed to get a good segment out of that. We'll come back with a little MLB NHL stuff on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole. Season 3, Episode 1, Number 65 Overall. Your host, Ken Harlan. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. If you want to ever drop a line. All right. Let's talk a little Nightfall of Diamonds and a trip on our Zamboni around the ice rink of life. You know, better known as the NHL. Okay. So what do we know this week? Slide us down. After ace pitcher Chris Bassett pressures his cheekbone from a line drive, does MLB finally need to address what is becoming a major safety issue? I say yes. Um, I think you can come up with a light-fitting helmet with some face protection that will not naturally affect the pitcher's rhythm already. Even for a safety, from a safety perspective, and the same way with netting and other things to protect the fans, I think you have to the players, especially with the with you know, they, the 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 high frequency, and the better skill these guys are getting, is these things are inevitable, coming off the bat, and these guys throwing heat. It, it's yeah, we've seen enough of these in the last couple of years. It's just you know, like. The previous century, before batting helmets, why did we have batting helmets? I think the same thing needs to be done for the pitchers. But yeah, obviously, there has to be some thought into it as far as, you know, what 
comfort and not altering, you know, the, the pitcher's natural delivery, rhythm, flow, all that good stuff. But you should be thinking about that more than you should moving the pitch, the mound back to 61 6. Yeah. Chicago White Sox, Lance Lynn, you probably belong in TM, TMCA time, but you know, whatever. So, you go, speaking of the A's, the A's and the White Sox, crazy stuff going on in that series. But Lance Lynn is ejected after a foreign substance check. Uh, you got caught doctoring the ball, got told to take a shower a little bit earlier. Baseball says it's not playing when it comes down to that. Okay. So, the ongoing saga of Mr. Bauer. Yeah, that, the waste treatment facility. I was about to say, you know, it wasn't looking so good, him taking the fifth in these proceedings, but apparently he got a victory when the judge tossed out the restraining order. Said the woman exaggerated the relationship with him and a bunch of other things. This does not mean he's out of the woods. It's MLB and police departments are still checking into some of the allegations, but he got a win there. So my gut feeling is we may see him back on the mound at some point here soon, which will give the Dodgers just an insane rotation. Okay. Fill the dreams more more about it. I was at the bar last night talking to a good friend and uh, you know, talked about how mesmerized he was. I mean, it was the most watched game in, what was it, 16 years? So they want to make it a TV show. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm just like, hey, you know what? Can we just get to the point where we have it maybe every two or three years? Now you want to make a TV show. Or is this going to be like, um, I don't know, Heaven Can heaven can Wait, you know, or what was that other show that Michael Landon was in? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, what kind of storyline are you going to have there? Are we going to somehow come back and, you know, right the wrongs of what happened in 1919? Hmm. Anyway. Is it me? Or do those City Connect unis look dumb? I just saw the Dodgers, which is all blue. I know they're getting all kinds of grief. You know, the Los Dodgers hat, especially looking like something you buy out of the flea market. I like the all blue jerseys. It's okay. I mean, although not much imagination there, just a straight blue uni. I, I, I just, it's overdone. You know, people are calling it a game changer, and I'm thinking WTF, game changer for what? Other than something else for you to be a fashion plate over, you know, you know, at your hipster parties at the nightclub. Yo, man, look how fly I'm in my City Connect jersey. I think they look dumb as, you know what? <laughs> I mean, I just do. FTINFX at gmail.com if you think otherwise. But I'm not feeling any love for these City jerseys. I mean, City Connect jerseys. Most of the ones I've seen just look straight up silly. Okay. Is that, you know, what did somebody say to me about those? Some say game changer. I say send to the garbage bag. Forget about leaving, you know, like the Mexico girls who left their stuff behind in Tokyo, the, the softball. Yeah, I think you can leave these on a park bench somewhere. 
Oh, no. Let's talk about what's going on as far as the Diamond goes. Big series in the AL this past week. Kind of a two, two, two ships sailing in different directions. <laughs> yeah, you know, Don Lucchese says all of our ships must sail in the same direction. Well, the Red Sox are definitely not looking so hot after getting swept by the Yankees. I think that was the Yankees at that time, the sixth win in a row. So... As far as the other side of New York is concerned, I, I'm hearing now that Mr. DeGrom is probably done for the season, probably going to shuffle him, not risk it. Also find it interesting, Steve Cohen, yeah, that's Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, calling out Mets hitters as the team falters down the stretch. And when I made this bullet point, I think they were 59-60. and 60. I mean, they were chilling. and I mean, they were a straight free fall. I mean, they couldn't hit a beach ball at this point. I think it's interesting that the owners just, you know, had enough of it. Just like, what, what, are you kidding me? Another cool thing that happened this week. How about that guy, Mr. O, Mr. Otani? Hitting his 40th home run while striking out eight. I mean, he's like Babe Ruth by ass. I'm liver than the Babe even was at that point, especially when he pitched. And... To that, I would say, you're absolutely right there, Mr. O. What a, what a, what a machine. And it's great, you know, that we're being able to live this era while he's playing. It's fantastic stuff. My man, who I thought they should have put on the shelf, Mr. Tastis Jr. returns, hits a couple of bombs. Yeah, big surprise there. Guy's such a talent. Not sure if bringing it back, the team's been faltering. You know, maybe they do make a shot here and become dangerous in the playoffs, but, I, you know, if, if it were me, I would have probably put him on the shelf. Okay. Um, you know, is it too late for the Friars? I don't know. Maybe. Power rankings. Giants are still one. Dodgers are two. Rays are three. Cheaters four. Brewers five. Who's hot right now? See, right, the Dodgers have won 10 out of 11. Braves have done the same. Giants, Milwaukee, and the Yankees have been like 8-2 and two in their last 10. The Rays are 7-3. and three. So as, the, as, we, as we march towards September, you see the teams that are actually, you know, putting down the wins, getting things done. You look at a Dodger team that's won 10 out of 11 without Wookiee Betts, without Clayton Kershaw. Without Bauer, wow, playoffs are going to be really sizzling this go-around. Okay, a little normalcy in the world, but still insanity at the same time. Talking about, you know, how you know, a crowd like Trout could take the lead for someone like Mike Trout. Well, apparently a, a nice Honus Wagner, the, the vaunted, T206 sells for a record 6.6 .6 million this past week. On the one hand, you know, because that's the you know that's the holy grail of cards. I mean, obviously, you know, having that 52 medals is, is is you know diamond in the back too. But yeah, it's still 6.6 .6 million dollars for a baseball card. Come on, people. Yeah, rare. Six point six million for a baseball card. Yeah, okay, it was a rarity because he didn't smoke and didn't approve of it. Yeah, we get all that. Baseball lore. 
$6.6 million, people. That is just absolutely insane. Okay. Let's go to the ice. Ah, you know, the offseason. And plus, we need to get a contributor here to give us more insight for the NHL. You know, we tried to have that happen. That's the people talk about it, but it never happened. We need to get, you know, anybody who wants to be the FTINFX NHL contributor, drop me a line. We'll work something out. Anyways, a lot of people cranky because the NHL is going to allow ads on jerseys. Uh, depending on, like, the NBA has been able to do it in a very tasteful way. It's kind of, I should really think where we could go with hockey, given the real estate and how gaudy these jerseys already look. You know, for example, I would hate to think of, you know, that great, you know, retro, whatever you want to call it, you know. It's, but it's, it's more, it's, it's a retro, but it's got different era, different themes. Is that, you know, that Laker, well, not Laker colors, but you know, it's Laker colors of the Kings. Right, I would hate to see a beautiful jersey, like that purple and gold Kings jersey, you know, just desecrated with ads. But if it's done in a tasteful way, and I think some of these are going to be tied to gaming and stuff like that. I don't know. All right, you know, shout out to Henrik Lundqvist, calling it a career after 15 seasons in, in the Big Apple. Playing in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, a uh, uh, Rangers legend, hanging it up. Great career. Enjoy the retirement. Okay. Somehow got through that. We will be back with some beautiful game life on the other side. You know, there's going to be plenty there. Welcome back to Fox Try to Get a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 1, 65 overall. Ken Harlan here, your faithful host. All right, time for a little bit of the beautiful game life. Our weekly distillation in terms of what's going on in the world of football proper. And there's a lot going on as we are in the throes of another wonderful campaign. It's great seeing scenes once again. Um, the grounds, fans back. Even just, you know, hearing the enthusiasm coming from the commentators. It's all beautiful. So, we all, we all know how it was messy mania last week. This week, it's Mbappe the Mysterious. Just saw somebody go across the, uh, across the uh, ticker about Manchester United all of a sudden wants him in the Premier League next year. Um, it's really weird with him. You know, obviously, you know, he started out at Monaco, for those of you who don't know. He was able to go to PSG at a high, high transfer a couple of years into it. He was just a kid when he was at Monaco, lighting things up. Now, he's in the last year of his contract. And... It'd be some people think it would be silly for PSG to, to walk away and it's not good business to let him go on a free transfer. 
But I think if he doesn't want to re-sign, this is what has to happen. You can't. Now that you have the dream lineup of Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar, there's no way you can sell this kid right now. Your hope is that they were so alive, he takes another two-year deal in Paris. Then he gets to go be a hero in whatever league he wants. But, you know, I get it. If you're if Mbappe, you get to be the dude in the Premier League or especially La Liga now that, you know, CR7 and Messi are gone. You get to be the dude. I mean, there's nobody even close to Mbappe's stature. There are, but in terms of, you know, the kind of hype that would be associated with it. I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of Mbappe's contemporary, Mr. Land. Well, it's kind of interesting that Borussia Dortmund is now kind of dropping hints that Mr. Helan may remain with the club beyond 2022. Usually not the uh, BBB way, as we've seen, you know, when it comes to, you know, speaking of ex-BBB players, that Mr. Lewandowski is saying he may want to go someplace else after this season to try a new adventure. You know, my point being is that if you couldn't keep Lewa, the goal-scoring machine, how the hell are you going to keep Mr. Halad? But at this point, you know, I think that they are becoming a fixture in Champions League and another big competition, so maybe they can put something there. Or maybe Mr. Halad has that kind of loyalty. I don't know, man. He, he, he does strike me as having that going on, but I think the money is going to be too ridiculous for the club not to recoup. I mean, PSG can let Mbappe walk on a free transfer. That won't be the most sane thing to do, but I think the payoff they're going to get, especially if these guys stay healthy, even for one year, the amount of buzz is going to set PSG up for a long, long time. And if you're Mbappe and this is working, you would be a stone-cold fool to walk away from this. And Leo wanted to go to Byron. Where do you think he would go? I know people are saying, oh, PSG, I might go at some point. You're going to have enough, be enough soccer balls around to have that many scores. Forget, forget about it. You, you know, it's funny because you know it's a quiet week of the transfer mill, other than, you know, the talk about, you know, where Mbappe may go, when everybody's talking about where Leighton Kurosawa is going to lie. Right, the... Interesting VSG uh, player. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You know, I won't let my bias come in. I also, drawing note, though, in a quiet week on the transfer mill, my man, Mr. Matthew Hoppe, drawing interest. Apparently, nobody wants to pay what Shaco for is asking, but apparently Everton might. I think that would be way cool if Mr. Hoppe could end up in the Premier League. You got Carly Lloyd, the American stalwart on the ladies, calling a career at 39. You know, you I, I get it when the Julie Foudy's and all these people say, yeah, it was time to pass the torches. A lot of these people are long in the tooth. Even the 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 one and only Megan R, she's gonna contemplate her future. But I think people are right. They should probably, you know get some new blood in there. And that probably they are right. All right. Keep my foot out of my mouth. You don't want to be too hard on the ladies. 
You know, I think they're already cranky enough not being able to get it done in, in Japan. Okay, let's talk a little bit what's going on in the picture as the league play has really started to bloom over the weekend. That was interesting. We got to see the first spark. At, well, you know, there was a jump gopper, but the first league game in the post-Messi era, it was on ABC, which I thought was kind of, kind of, kind of interesting. But we'll be getting a taste in the future of, you know, Definitely a coup for the mouse, the, as, a, as we talked about last week, getting La Liga. Barker got past Real Sociedad. He's like, th- what was it, 3-2. Had a good lead, but had to hang on. Atletico Madrid is, you know, the man in black. Mr. Simeone is just like, yeah, okay. You know, this is going to be a cakewalk. Real Madrid opens up the season as well. They're maneuvering. Interesting. We talked about what happened in the EPL mostly, but after we were on the air, so this was a Sunday, I guess it was. Yeah, City getting you know caged by the Spurs at uh, Spurs Stadium. What was it? One zero. No Harry Kane. Manager seems to think he's going to be there. Kane says his future's still up in the air. You would think there would be a resolution now, but I have a feeling this is going to go on for another week, maybe two. German Super Cup, speaking of Lewa, Lewa had a brace as Byron just slapped Borussia Dortmund, BBB, obviously. And the uh, UEFA League qualifiers, uh, Shakhtar Danes, Salzburg with Brendan Aronson scoring a stoppage time winner, and Sheriff, Teresa Pol, I'm sure I butchered that name like I do everything else. They were all winners in the first league. How about, speaking of the Spurs, how about them losing to Pacos de Fiera, Fiera in the UEFA League qualifiers? This is going to be the first year of the UEFA League. But yeah, yeah, they need to figure that situation with Kane out. But then again, maybe they, you know, they were so hot. Maybe they, maybe, I don't know what squad they filled it. I have to talk to my friend who's a big Spurs fan and ask him what the hell went wrong there. Okay, a lot of MLS going on. You know, that time of the year where, you know, we have congested fixtures. We had a Sunday. We saw LA, LAFC. LAFC? Woo. Trouble getting that one out there. Their slide continues. Another, this is, you know, on a nas- in front of a national audience. Did not look confused at times as they lose to the Atlanta United. Had a lot of. LAFC supporters make the trip out to Atlanta and, and make their presence known. Some silliness come out of it, but nothing major. I, I heard it was a good um, moment for away days. It was cool for in Atlanta. For the most part, we're really good hosts. It was like, why MLS is becoming, you know, such a dynamic game and reaching out to so many different people. So a lot of cool things I heard from on the ground in Atlanta. But yeah, LAFC, I don't know what's going on there. Just as as Bob Bradley, the, the dean, lost touch, and maybe it's time for a change of scenery for the team and him. Because obviously something's not working there. Or is it that you spoiled bastards? You've been good from day one. You're bound to run into a pitch. You cannot focus on some of the failures in the big moments. Is that's the way things go in the in the MLS, the way the structure is. I, this this this, re, this form of recent bad play, yeah, it's a lot to criticize. And I suppose if it continues, and they don't make the playoffs, I think you can make the case that Bob Bradley and LAFC's time may come to an end. But until then, 
Yeah, you can keep the Bob out chance going, but I don't think that uh, Thorington and company are going to make a move. Okay. Gee, you had to get that in, didn't you? <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on with the crew. Losing to Chicago. You know, you have Nashville, who continues to impress, in my opinion. Watch out for them, playoff team. Talk about somebody in a very short time that's turned into just a very formidable squad. They put up five spot, beat DCU 5-2, DC United. Seattle and uh, Cascadia, which I thought was kind of shocking, hammering the timbers at Providence Park. I mean, just went in there, this was like Sunday night, just took a bullwhip to them. You know, and this is one of the, the league's most storied rivalries. And I see a lot of sighted, uh, especially at Providence Park. That was really crazy. Seattle's kind of on a roll right now, especially now that they're back to full strength, getting Mr. Roldan back. Um, Let's see here. Then we had, you know, some action this week. Saw the Galaxy lose at Dignity Health Sports Park to, to Colorado. You know, featuring Mark Anthony K now. Looking like he's fitting in well over there. We had Atlanta, who's quietly making its way up to now that they, in the standings, now that they have, so you know, got some stability at the coaching position and just gotten some of the bad juju that seemed to be there for the past couple of years. But they get another big win, beating Toronto. So Seattle kept it going. With a with a 1-0 win over an improving FC Dallas. Uh, speaking of Portland, that that kind of that kind of hurt them because you know, like I said, they got they got hammered by Seattle. They get you know West leaders sporting Kansas City lead 1-0 for most of the way and give up a a stoppage time equalizer. So yeah, it was a nice bounce back. They came away you know splitting the points. Basically, or, you know, taking a point away a piece as opposed to the full three. But, yeah, it's kind of disappointing to go that far and let Sporting Kansas City off the hook. So we'll just say it was kind of a tough week for, for the Timbers Army. Indeed. Uh, the Revs, who actually are the class of the East and are kind of running away with it, got another big win. They were down the Tidmen. They still were able to outlast D.C. United 3-2. Philadelphia Union, another impressive team out east, took out New York City FC, another impressive team. I think the you know the better teams are in the east right now. This is from the way I'm talking at least. Uh, something that kind of disturbing as far as you know, Pulisic having COVID nineteen, Zardes getting hurt, and uh, the Crews lost to Red Bull New York. And uh, Nashville and Orlando, another solid squad as well. They play to a 1-1 draw. So the power rankings at this point are Philadelphia 1, Kansas City 2, Seattle 3. Although, if it were me, I think Seattle would be 2 flip-flopping. But either way, they're both played good based on sporting Kansas City winning against a shorthanded, I guess. Anyway, number 4, New York City FC. Number five, Nashville. So, saw it. And the teams that are six, seven, and eight are pretty close. Give a little props to Olivia Moultrie as she scores her first goal, helping the Thorns reach the WICC final. Set piece, even. 
15, folks. Beautiful, beautiful shot there. Young lady's going to have an amazing career. Nice to see her open her account in the big tournament. Thrones will be playing Lyon in the final on Saturday. So that would be a good thing to, to check out. All right, folks. Got to do some beautiful game life. I think we covered all bases there. We'll be back with the closest out with the NFL report and some TMCA time. Welcome back to Boom Talk Studios, Fox Trading in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 1. Oh man, the birds are just really cranky at me right now, because I have not filled the bird feeder, so the hummingbirds are just not having it, just giving me all kinds of death stares. Okay, got a big slate of NFL games tonight. Looking forward to that as we venture into the NFL report. Because I said it earlier, I was out having a few adult beverages last night, maybe more than a few, but I missed what happened in the Philly-New England game. So what the hell's going on with Philly losing 35-0? I guess Cam and Mac Jones both look good, but what I'm reading or what little I've been able to decipher it sounds like Cam may may have a slight edge over Mac Jones, but even Philly, I know there was some issue with Hurts last night. I've been able to dive into that. All kinds of conspiracy theories going on there. 35-0. Yeah, it's preseason, but once again, you still got to be able to put some points up. You can't be giving up that many. I mean, if you're a WFT fan like I am, well, you know, like, hey, well, that's music to my ears, but we'll see what's going on with Nick Sereni. What about Mr. Favre? Yeah, that Mr. Favre. He says children under 14 shouldn't play tackle football. No. And hey, I'm somebody who played tackle and flag, and I'm a huge Huge backer of flag football. Great alternative for people that don't want their kids playing contact but before then. Stop. Just teach the Keep working on making the game safer. Safer helmets, safer techniques, and kids can play. We're not going to get to the situation where kids aren't having some kind of contact. I mean, hey, you can blow out your knee in flag football easily too, okay? I mean, believe me. You know, all those fancy cuts these people have. But come on, Mr. Favre. I know you have well intentions, but the truth be told, continue, I mean, and work overtime to make the game as safe as possible. Concussions, spinal, neck injuries, all the knee, all that kind of stuff. Don't take the contact away from the kids. So what? There's no gonna there's gonna be no contact in soccer either. If that's what it's just absolutely ridiculous. No, Brett. Speaking of his predecessor, you know we got to get a little A Rodge talk in every week. Can't be the NFL report without that. 
So Mr. Rogers says he does not want 2021 to be a farewell tour. Well, of course you don't. We wouldn't have nothing to talk about, especially during the offseason. You know, as I've always thought all along, he probably wants, you know, to play somewhere else. I think he sees Favre and Brady, how they got to, you know, do their thing in other places at the end of their career. You know, even Montana and Kansas City. And that's a lingering thought. You know, I've talked about that the many times on this podcast where, you know, you've, you've accomplished a great deal at a particular franchise and you've got to want to see what you can do playing with somebody else, somebody else's system. You know, somebody that may be more committed to providing the weapons you think you need to be as successful as needed. Right? Areas of opportunity, as, as somebody says. You see the Pac's new retro jerseys? This is supposed to be from the post-Lambeau, pre-Lombardi year, so it's like 1950 to 1953 or 55, something like that. What do I see? I see uh, a, a very poor Oregon ripoff. And seeing that Nike does the uniform, I'm like, haven't I seen these already? And when the Ducks did it, it looked actually a little bit better. You know, the one I'm talking about, right? With the one that kind of re resembles puddles or, you know, Donald Duck, right? That's what it looks like. That jersey looks like that, only it's a poor version of that. No, not a big deal. Not a big fan of that. What do you think about Riverboat Ron coming out and really being a huge supporter of the NFL's crackdown on taunting? Basically saying, we don't want to teach our kids, you know, to be disrespectful and pick up bad habits. He's got a point to a certain degree. But we are playing a very emotionally charged game. And I... <clears throat> I don't know. I guess it's a fine line between talking shit, right, and and being exuberant. And so I guess the best way is to crack down that period so you don't have to determine what that fine line may be. I, you know, I'm on the fence as far as that goes. Because I think Riverbound Ron and people who have those sentiments, they're not wrong in terms of what we should be teaching the youth. But I also just know... That how much how charged up these guys are. They played each other in college and high school and all this other kind of stuff. There's gonna be a little jostling, a little trash talking. So yeah. I mean, it's the old school, new school thing, I suppose. And I don't know if there's a balance in between. I think you have to just, you know, put the ban on it, period. Because there, you know, the more I think about it, there is no great gray area. To, to work with, especially uh, uh, how someone's going to react. Okay, how about that guy, Mr. McCarthy, down in Dallas, with the duh moment of the week, announces that there'll probably be no Dak in the preseason. Well, let's see. If he's looking to get an MRI, you're, we're limiting his throws, so it all stands to the reason why the hell would you want to put him out there at risk? Wow. Interesting. I'm looking now at some stats. What Newton was eight for nine, 103 and a touchdown. Jones was 13 of 19, 146. So we got more snaps. Hmm. Wonder how productive Newton was in that eight for nine. But yeah, 
Of course, there's going to be no Dak in the preseason. Then you've got Watson, who's been kind of absent. Got the FBI all of a sudden involved in his allegations. Is there a big trade coming? I know my uh, sources say that it could be a big thing going on with the WFT. I'm still not feeling that one yet. But there is a consensus that he will not take snaps for Houston when, when we get to, to week one. But things are moving very quickly and nothing's happened yet. Keep an eye on that. Haters out there, rejoice. Tim Tebow was released by the, by the Jaguars. Can we finally move on now? Are you sanctimonious? You know what? Can we just like move on now? You got your wish. He's no longer taking a, a spot from somebody more deserving. Mr. Privilege at his finest. Don't get me wrong. There are some kernels of truth to that in terms of getting a shot to play minor league baseball and now way beyond his usefulness getting a shot with the Jaguars. But I have always maintained it's Urban's team. Urban thought he could be a good locker room guy and a good mentor for, for T-Law. More power to you. But apparently, that's not to be. At least he was a good training camp guy, but now that we're getting closer to the regular season, let's be real. Kind of gives me some insight as far as what we might expect as Urban as a coach. A little bit more, a little more cutthroat than I thought he might be. Good to see. Okay, Niners cutting Mr. Mr. Rosen. Is this the end of the road? Probably not. I mean, he was a number 10 pick, number 10 in the first round. But now that he has not been able to catch on with four teams, makes you wonder. Well, I wondered about the guy when he was, you know, had, had the chick in the hot tub at UCLA, where he was more focused on stuff, you know. And he talked about, you know, the, the, the nine mistakes in front of him. No, no mistakes so far, but I suspect he will get a, he will get another shot. And it wouldn't surprise me down the road if he's one of those weird redemption stories. Maybe not. Maybe he maybe he ends up on FS1 hanging out with Matt Leiter. We shall soon see. Jamal Adams inks a seventy-two million dollar extension to stay with the Hawks, making him the league's high-paid safety. See, that makes a lot more sense than giving Terry Rozier that kind of money. Just saying. Speaking of money, the Chiefs and all the money they've had to pay out, is Honey Badger going to be a future cap casualty? They may have to do some moving money around to be able to keep it. Okay. Speaking of the Chiefs, we asked about this last week. So this week's question is, can Kansas City be the first team to go 20 and out? No. I think the AFC, already a pretty stout conference. I think, I think it's getting tougher. And I think there's, there's, a t there's teams that were kind of spinning their wheels that are going to be formidable. In their own division, I see the Raiders and Broncos being good enough to take a game. So, no, I do not see them going 20 and out. What about the potential names for the because they say the Washington football team says they have finalists you know, of the eight names. What about some of the names in the contention? I hate the the presidents. Ugh. The commanders. Ugh. Red Wolves. 
Yuck. Uh, a couple other ones. Hopefully it's the Washington football team. Got my fingers crossed as far as that goes. Then they can they'll focus on better branding and get better gear. All right, folks. We got a little TMCA time. A little white on the awards this week. People not being as much of a fool, but we know that'll change. And there, there are some other ones I could have handed out. But hey, I'm just feeling I'm in a good mood today. Okay. The fool's Friday gets so fi. What a what an ugly scene that was. I mean, I, I mean, we're just gonna be, we'll give them one, and then apparently the food. I mean, so far running a Mickey Mouse operation when you had two years to get it together, but pocket parking was a mockery, food was a mockery. But those fools fighting the one woman that instigated it, and then everybody. I mean, the guy basically taking ten on one. I'm sure you all saw it during on, on the net. <laughs> people were more behaved for the Death Star than the SoFi. That tells you what kind of world we're living. Right down in Eaglewood, yo. Um, Gotta give out some bowls of the smelly varieties to the thugs that attacked the black Vancouver Whitecaps Academy players. Really? <sighs> Come on, Vancouver. You said about your bunch of rubbing gangs of skinhead players. Not a good scene there. Jack Morris making up making fun of Atani. Come on, dude. I know you were trying to be funny, but in this day and age, man, you just can't do it, you know, right? Think before you open your mouth, think before you hit sin. You get a big stainless steel bowl of the smelly varieties. And lastly, let's give let's give two large stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties to Puma for those hideous third. 2021-22 kids. I mean, talk about some JV stuff. You see, like, cities. Oh, man. And AC Milan. Uh, Marseille. Just really, really horrible-looking third kits. Definitely stinky stuff. All right, folks. We've got season three off and running. No fanfare. No crazy promotions. Just doing what we do. Trying to produce that high-fidelity content. Going to be a big year in the foxhole. Big football season, college, NFL, everything. So stick with us here. Tell your friends to tune in. Stay safe because Delta's out there still slapping people around. And we'll be back, you know, six, seven days or so with episode two. Hopefully get the scene rolling as well. If you want to come on the show, ftinfx at gmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook or over a beer or something, let's talk about it. Love to have you on. You saw how much fun I had with Alec last week. All right, until then, folks, keep it real.